afternoon. My name is Vikram Ranjan, and welcome to another episode of LinkedIn for Lawyers, True Stories of Client Acquisition Told by Attorneys. Again, my name is Vic, and I am the co-founder of Video Socials. We are a business community of attorneys, but also accountants, consultants, coaches who come together in our video blogging clubs and get their video blogs recorded together, fun and done. And a lot of our members also have video podcasts like this one, so you can be listening to it through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify, or other podcast platforms. But also, you can watch this podcast on YouTube, on Facebook, and LinkedIn just about every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern as we are streaming live right now. And it's really interesting. The reason I started this show is to really learn from attorneys who are doing it and getting business from LinkedIn. So this isn't really me pontificating of how great LinkedIn is. We're going to hear from actual attorneys. So you can go to past episodes and subscribe to get notified of future episodes. And today we have Mr. Andy Brownstein with us to uh, give us uh, a little bit of insight into his practice, his firm, what he does with LinkedIn, and how he's actually got in business uh, from LinkedIn. So I'm looking forward uh, to you uh, hearing from Andy. Andy, welcome. Thanks, Thanks for having me, Vikram. So why don't you tell me, tell our audience a little bit about your practice within uh, the firm and what you guys do? Sure. Um, again, my name is Andy Brownstein. I'm a partner at a firm called Green Herlocker in Richmond, Virginia. It's a smaller firm. There's about a dozen of us. Um, the firm got its start uh, with two attorneys, Brian Green and Eric Herlocker, who specialized uh, and do continue to specialize in energy law. Uh, Brian is a specialist in regulatory and compliance and some litigation in that area, represents a lot of independent power producers as well as um, related parties. Uh, my partner, Eric, um, is a longtime transactional attorney in that area. Um, we represent a lot of renewable energy um, developers, uh, ancillary parties in that process. We do everything from the land use work from the very beginning in solar and wind, even hydro. Um, through um, entitlement work, uh, financing work, and ultimately, in many cases, selling these projects on to, to other developers. Um, Eric also has a, a general practice as well that takes up some of his time. Uh, my practice, I've been with the firm for almost three years. Um, I started in private practice with a big law firm. Uh, originally, I was in the investment banking business before I went to hmm. law school. After a few years at a big law firm, decided that wasn't for me. Went back into the banking world as a in the private equity business. Worked as a, 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 a associate in, in a in a small private equity firm based here in Richmond. Were you in the energy sector? No, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've learned that more recently, frankly. Sure. Uh, went to work after that for a large Fortune 500 company based here in Richmond that was uh, in the real estate services business. Sort of combining my background in investment banking, corporate finance with the, the transactional background that I had in, 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 in practice and really helped run their corporate development operation for about 10 years. Um, uh, that company uh, went out of business, actually, in the downturn in, in, in 08 and 09. And I started a business with some ex-colleagues of mine to do some of the work that we used to do at the, at the large company. Primarily in the business of transaction services related work for commercial real estate transactions. So environmental work, engineering work, surveying, zoning, really everything that you would need yeah. to help get a transaction done other than basically lending people money and being their lawyer and being their broker. So we yeah. came in and supplied all those different kinds of services. 
And I served as both CFO and general counsel for that business uh, for a long time. About three years ago, I left that company. My partners bought me out. And uh, Brian Green, who I mentioned before, who I've known basically since college, uh, said to me, hey, you know, what, do you, what are you going to be doing? Uh, because I think you'd be great uh, if you wanted to get back into private practice. Uh, I'd really considered that, and um, but I came in and helped them out for a while, kind of on a part-time contract basis, and realized I really, the private practice of law had both changed in my mind. Um, working for a smaller firm was also a much different setup, and sure. I myself had changed. I was a different, you know, kind of a different person than I was 20, 20 some years ago when I left private practice. So and, talk uh, to us about that, if I can interrupt the, the timeline. What do you mean that private practice changed? How, how did he see it? Well, I think you know, a lot of it has to do with the types of clients that we were working with. So I, when I say private practice, probably a better way of putting it is that working in private practice for a smaller firm and the types of clients that, that, that we were already working for, both in the energy side and the general corporate world that we have here at Green Hair Locker, you know, it was a very different kind of um, environment, very different client lawyer relationship, mm. my personality better. And I think I was just more mature and understood myself about what it is that I wanted and how I could serve clients and the, you know, sort of the wisdom of experience, I guess, for lack of a better term, sure. you know, having been through the, you know, been through the fire and a variety of different businesses going from private practice. Right, on the, you, you were on the other side of the table, so to speak. Yeah, right. Private, yeah. It, what I tell people is, you know, basically I've been on every single side of a transaction, right? I've been a, I've been a buyer. I've been a seller. I've worked on financing. I've worked right. on, you know, I've been, I've been a startup. I've done a startup. Um, so when I talk to somebody, I think I, I, I can bring to bear a lot of different perspectives. And I think that really has helped me. Um, so here at Green Herlocker, I do, I do help a lot. I do a lot of energy work, work a lot with our energy transactional work, but I have, you know, my own practice as well that I've brought to bear, which is more of a, a general corporate and transactional practice and some real estate as well. So I do some commercial real estate transactional work. Uh, and, and frankly, energy, there's a lot of real estate I can imagine. work related yeah. to that. Right. Uh, and I do a fair amount of startup work because, I, like I said, I have some background in that, having started my own company. Uh, I've worked with a number of uh, companies over the last few years, been referred to me, have been very you know blessed with a number of great referral sources. Okay. To help raise my help start companies from scratch, help people jump in and help people do financings, venture capital yeah. related deals and 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 help shepherd those newer companies, you know, along their path. Which also merges background, right? You have the PE background or Yeah, that's right. I mean the, the PE background that I really that I worked on, the fund I worked on wasn't a s wasn't a venture capital fund. Mm. It was really more of a, a buyout fund, traditional okay. LBO type buyout fund. Um but in many cases the the types of things that you're looking at, the types of ways you're looking at diligence is, is certainly similar. The transactional documents are very different, but, um, you know, the process and the relationship with the client can be very similar as well in sure. terms of being more than just a, you know, scribe, but really trying to be more of an advisor. I've been, I've been out of law school almost, you know, almost 30 years. So I've, yeah, it's like that farmer's insurance commercial, right? Like we, we know a lot cause we've seen a lot, you know, sure. I, you know, yeah. I feel like I've seen a lot. Well, I, and I think that's a great way that you put it, that you want to be and that you are more than just a scribe and more of that advisor. I mean, there are clients, who, want that. I mean, there, there yeah. are clients who, who are very, very experienced, more experienced than me, and they know exactly what they want. And I'm, I'm happy to do that, you know, but I do enjoy also working very much with people who are looking for how to shape and and sort of guide their 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 journey. 
Right. And there are there are choices you have to make, and and having someone help you with that, and and even yeah. framing up questions that aren't part of what they're actually asking you necessarily so, to advise on. Can be, can and, be, and so you get to uh, embody that role of a counselor and provide. If they're asking for that, yeah, right? Sure. I mean, you know, we, we we I try to, and I yeah. certainly try to show that you know in places where it feels appropriate that there are things they ought to be considering, maybe that have nothing to do with the specific legal issue that we're tackling. Yeah. That they need to think forward about and and what role know, it plays. I, I think there's value in that. I think so too. That's tremendous, and I think it's great that you're able to bring all those perspectives and kind of marry it when appropriate uh, for the client and be that hands-on and really be uh, their right-hand person beyond just a legal document. I think the fact that you're able to go above and beyond because of your expert experience and expertise, I think is tremendous, Andy. That's great. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, also coming back into private practice, I'll mention just briefly that the, yeah. the, being able to learn again the way you do as a practicing attorney, just having to really learn new things all the time. Um, I miss that, you know, and, and it's it's, you know, it's, when you're when you're a young attorney, especially if you're working at a big law firm, you know you're drinking from a fire hose, so you don't get to to sort of absorb it in the manner in which you'd like. You are learning a tremendous amount very quickly, sure. But it isn't as easy to sort of have that perspective to sit back and say, "Man, I'm really building, you know, sharpening the saw," as Stephen Covey yeah. would say. You know, right. now that I'm older, knock on wood, I'm not working you know, those kind of crazy first, second, third year associate hours at a big law firm, I can manage it, right? And But I really, you know, looking back, thinking about it over the last few years, I really have enjoyed it, you know, really oh. learning businesses and like the energy, you know, I, I, you know, I've learned a lot about the energy business in the last few years. I got a long way to go uh, compared to some of my partners. Sure. But, but yeah, talk about uh, getting right into it. So how does LinkedIn fit into all this? When did you start getting active on LinkedIn? Well, I mean, like, like a lot of professionals, I've been on LinkedIn. Sure you know, forever in a day. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. name only for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I certainly was, had, had sort of fits and spurts of posting and, mm -hmm. and experimented with using some of the third party tools to try and schedule posts of links of interesting okay. things that I had sure. seen. Like what, and, what kind of tools were you using? I mean, I, I spooled, we tried, you know, buffer, we tried, sure. um, Hootsuite. I, sure. I tried all those things and, okay. and, and, and it was, you know, marginally successful and accepting, you know, connection requests from all over the place and building a network. But I will be frank to say that I wouldn't necessarily have looked at it as being um, particularly fruitful in terms of uh, of building a network and building clientele at all. Um, yeah. And only in the last year or so um, have I really reapproached that in a more thoughtful and, um, you know, uh, in, in intelligent way, not by myself, you know, with some guidance for sure. Which I want to hear about that guidance also. And, and what was the trigger? Was it just like COVID and you were... Well, yes and no. Yeah, what was the impetus? Mentioning names and people and who helped me. Is that right? Oh, yeah, it's, sure. It's, absolutely. absolutely. We love talking so, about so, other I mean, marketing professionals. And, yeah, sure. So, so my brother-in-law is a is a business coach, and, and even more so that is your brother-in-law. <laughs> but go and, on. Yeah. And so he turned me on to a gentleman named Mark Halpert, who sure um, I know Mark very well. Okay, yeah. So oh, Mark, Mark Mark's actually the person I think recommended me. Okay, good. Okay, good. All right. So Mark put us together. Mark Halpert put us together. That's right. So I, I, I got yeah. Mark Mark and, and engaged Mark to help me rebuild my profile and to oh, think good. about how I was approaching the marketplace a little bit. 
good. That was very helpful. And there so was you, definitely... So you met Mark, uh, who's up here in, in the New York area. He's Right. Yeah. Through my brother-in-law, who's in Florida. Yeah. Um, they had a relationship, and I don't know how it came to and be. And what's your brother-in-law's name, if you want to name drop? Oh, like, Jay Shear. I'm sorry, I should mention Jay Shear. Jay Shear, um, yeah, sure. Um, Jay Scott Consulting is the name of his yes. his company. Yeah. And he has a pretty popular uh, video blog, video podcast that yeah. he does. Uh, and, and, and so Jay hooked me up with Mark. Mark uh, helped me with my profile. Right. And here at the firm, we had... But, and let me interrupt you, Andy. So... What even prompted that? Was it Jay that said, "Hey, Andy, you got to do something with this LinkedIn thing," or, or was it you going to him? Or how, how did that come up? Like that's not normal, you know, uh, Thanksgiving well, conversation. We, you know, we, we just you know talked about what his business, okay. what I was doing, and just yeah. I think out of the blue, honestly, I don't know that there was any impetus other okay, than good. Jay. So said, proactive referral. I think you should meet this guy, Mark. He might be yeah. helpful for you. He wasn't cool. suggesting necessarily that what I was doing on LinkedIn wasn't worthwhile. Right. And I'm not sure that Jay specifically holds him out as sort of a LinkedIn specialist per se, but for whatever reason, he had built a relationship. So Mark is, as, yeah, you, know, as you now know, right, working with yeah. him. So he so, is. Yeah. So you were saying. So so Jay, so brought, so Jay you know, connected you guys together. That's a great right. proactive type referral. Like again, and we talked. You never him. know. I did my diligence. I talked to some referrals sure. um, that he had worked with before. And so, you know, I engaged Mark to help me rebuild my profile. We had some a coach, some coach, essentially it's coaching, yeah, a series of great. sessions. Sure. And um, we rebuilt my profile from scratch, um, which was very helpful. Yeah. And I think I was getting more take up of views and, 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 and connection requests and so forth. And then here at Green Hurt Locker, we have a marketing professional that we work with who feels very strongly about how LinkedIn is a real linchpin in, in today's environment on how to build a practice, establish a brand. His name's Jay Harrington. I don't know if you know Jay. I don't know Jay, but okay, I guess so Har Harrington know. Communications. Okay. No, is he in-house? Is he like a marketing no, director within the no, firm? No, no, yeah. No, he's, yeah, he's outsourced. He's consultant. Yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, at our size, um, we're not necessarily ready to hire somebody sure. full-time, although sure. we, 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 we could, but we yeah, yeah. But that's great. So, so, Jay Harrington. Jay, so Jay really encouraged all of us to rethink how we were using LinkedIn, how to post, what to post, when to post. You know, really getting granular on what we were doing, trying to use the various tools. And I've slowly, over the last call it three, four months, tried to implement a variety of those things in terms of what I'm putting out on LinkedIn. Um, shifting away from, you know, interest, here's an interesting link right. to more in, original, authentic, individualized content that I'm drafting myself and just sort of putting myself out there, both in terms of showing some uh, expertise where possible. Sure. And that includes, you know, writing articles, actually using the LinkedIn articles, as well as trying to post, say, every day. But I will be frank and say I have not succeeded. At, I say every business day, but even yeah. then I haven't succeeded as, at, at that goal of being every business day. But most business days, writing something of substance, whether it's a personal observation, whether it's something of uh, of legal expertise, something funny, you know, just anecdotal, just you know, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. It's I find it very interesting what 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 resonates and what doesn't. It's it's, it's so real, yeah, which I want to hear about. So let's part that out. So, so three out of the five days is that fair? Like maybe two out of the five, like two or three out of, out of the five days. 
in terms of the habit of like what uh, you're days blogging essentially on LinkedIn? Yeah, some days it's all five days and some okay. days it's maybe twice or, or three times. If only That's tremendous. That is a tremendous habit. something has come up, right? It's, yeah. It's, although there are certainly sometimes I feel like I'm at the, at, you know, it's a dry well. Like I got nothing, <laughs> you know? And even Jay has encouraged us to think about it differently. Like don't try and come in and write something every morning, you know, do it over the weekend or, you know. Yeah. You have to train yourself that you have a kernel of an idea, but you don't have time to write it. You got to write yourself a note saying, sure. oh, you got to write about this when you have a chance. Right. Right? Right. So note you have yourself. like a, a, a list of topics. Uh, potential topics and some yeah. will pan out and some won't. And Jay will help us with those. You know, Jay will also help. Not and so do you, do you write it directly native on LinkedIn publishing or do you write it in like Word or? I tend to write it in Word because I okay. like to Sometimes I even dictate it. Okay, you know, and, then, and then I'll go back and edit it. I think that sure. you know the spell checking and and to all yeah. the tools in the word, and then I just copy it into like, yeah, yeah. Paste it and post it right cool. there. Do you also publish it on like in the firm's website? Like the firm has a blog. Articles we do. I won't necessarily yeah. take it just an individual. Okay, blog, not like but, not. And, and no. how long are, are your quote unquote daily posts? I try to make them longer. Okay. Basically, because the research appears to show that longer yeah. posts sure. tend to get better take up. Yeah. So what does long mean? Like a thousand words or five hundred? There are words some there. At least there are some there that long, but usually probably, I would say probably three to six hundred words, maybe. Yeah. Okay. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good length. Sometimes shorter. Do. You know. Sometimes yeah. it, you know. Don't. Sure. I don't want to write long posts just to you know just write long posts, but <laughs> um, but if sometimes it takes longer. Like this past some week, topics warranted. I'll give an example. Like this past week, I did three posts all about founder stock restriction agreements. Okay. Uh, so it took three days. So I did. Yeah. It could have been an article, but I wrote it as right. three posts. So maybe what I'll do is I'll take all three posts and stitch them together, re-edit it, and make it an article. But right, um, right now it's you know I just wrote three posts on that. Uh, you okay. know, a couple months ago I wrote I put a post up because I'm going to teach a class at University of Richmond Law School next year for the first time. So you know I what put a post what, up. What's the said, topic? What's the topic of the class? I just wrote that I was really interested and excited to do it and tell people why. Okay. And then I asked people like, give me your tips. You know, what What should I know about teaching? You know, if anybody's out there, you know, tell me what you know. Yeah. So that, that got a lot of take up, you know, and then I, yeah. then I put up a picture of my dog one day because I was like, you know, right. it's a small firm, bring your dog to work. It's great. You know, if you work at home, you're hanging out with your dog. And right. Man, my, my the picture of my dog went a long way. Got a yeah, lot of, yeah, yeah. That, that's cheating. I, I think. I think yeah, as, in as marketing, said, what do we call posting photos of your pets and kids? That's, that's cheating in the content market. Yeah, he's right. He's, he's, but it was, but it was a good post. People, good people I got a lot. Of, I got a lot of take. So now, so what other things have Jay uh, been encouraging you to do? That you, so you implemented a relatively good habit of I'll call that blogging. Well, I want to your video. Video is really hard for me. Just doing individual little, you know, yeah. minute long, two minute long, you know, yeah. videos. I, All right. It's it's a comfort level that you have to get to. You know, talking to you is easy, right? I mean, this is yeah, like, that's why we created video socials. Yeah, we we I know what you mean, Andy. So every one of our clients, because we have a blogging company, so every one of our clients, we need to pull into the world of video blogging, and none of them wanted to do it. And this was before COVID, so now you know now everyone has to be on Zoom and all that. But back then, this is you know, a year and a half ago, when we started video socials, it was I want to say February of 2019, and you know, so we had like maybe a year before COVID really hit us and we had to figure out a way to get them to be comfortable. And these are all very seasoned professionals, right? I mean, yeah, they, I, it's, it's, it, it, the comfort levels, I, I have the comfort level. Exactly. I just don't know, like I'm even it's a discipline, so than writing, I don't know entirely what it is I want to say. Yeah. And that's the harder yeah. part. 
Yeah, and, and so we said, look, let's just do these Zoom meetings. And back then, no one knew what Zoom was, but we have these video blogging clubs where it becomes yeah, like conversational. Cut it up and slice it up and paste Correct. it. That's, that's a good Correct. way of creating content, I think. It, I, it becomes really, really that. easy, really fun. People get to know each other. It's kind of like a networking group, but it's built upon topics as opposed to like an elevator pitch or something. It's These are more substantive blogs, and people are talking it out. Uh, very conversationally with their audience. Yeah. I think that's that's a real probably a really yeah. And you should go on. It's a lot of fun, and you'll see people literally getting their video blog recorded in real time. And yeah, in the beginning, some people are more nervous than others, but after a while, like you were saying, it, it's conversational. Yeah, I agree. So I want to do more of that. Uh, yeah, cool. I want to do some things like this. For instance, I might do some things with my students next semester. Just yeah. ask them to come on and do a streamyard type thing. Right, like, right. Hey, let's talk about your law school experience and just right. that. Right, exactly. I uh, might do that. And then I need to do better writing articles, and then we might end up with and you can start content to, have to do newsletters and so forth as well. So, be, yeah. so does the firm have an email newsletter? Do, do you guys send We have an out? email newsletter where we're repurposing content. Um, you, but yeah. Using the LinkedIn tool as well would be would be wise. would be excellent, right. You're bringing it all, and it's kind of the ricochet effect. That's cool. Has this panned out? Have you been able to get referrals? Have people referred you business clients yes. come out of the woodwork? Yes. Yeah, I, mean, I, I have a very direct, you know, you ask for a story. I have a yeah, very I want a story. story. So tell tell us how this I mean, is I, actually I can't worked. Say there's probably some indirect effect. Sure. But I know there's a direct effect. So I did a post and that this is you know one of the reasons why I've been staying with it. It's like it happened to me like within the first three weeks of right. doing this. So I, I put a post up about how I had done a, a venture capital transaction for a client. And the other side of the deal was a very big law firm, like one of the three law firms you immediately think of when you think of venture capital work. And they were representing the investor. So I'm thinking they're going to inundate me with, you know, massive amounts of custom designed paper, so to speak. That's going to take me forever to look through, you know, check it and everything else. And what they did was, is they basically used the National Venture Capital Association's um, form document. Now, this is a firm that probably has their own templates for just about right. everything. Sure. And I thought it was a really wise choice for them because it wasn't a large investment and the legal fees were going to be important. And, you mm -hmm. know, they, mm -hmm. they're expensive. These guys, sure. you know, they're expensive. Uh, I, I'm no cheap. I'm not cheap, but I'm not what they cost. Sure. And so by using those forms, we were able, I was able to look at them and, and redline them against the base form, what they changed, what they didn't change. And those forms are great forms. I mean, they're annotated really, really well. There's a lot of information in the footnotes, a lot of references, a lot of background information. And so I wrote about that. And I wrote about how even if you're not doing a deal, you'd be well advised to read them and read the notes if you do this kind of work or if you're interested in this kind of area, because they're very, it's good learning as well. Sure. So I put that post up, I don't know, like two weeks later, a friend of mine called me, not a guy I do business with, but um, our kids go to school together and we live. Oh around the block from each other. Yeah. And he's in the biotech business. He's a he's a CEO of a biotech company. And he told me that he was talking to another guy he knew who he didn't do business with, but was a friend who was in the middle of a transaction and for a variety of reasons, which aren't worth going into. The, the legal team he was working with had to basically bail out. And he's stuck and he doesn't know what to do. And he said, I read your post and, it, and I was thinking about it as I, I had, I, I remembered when I was talking to him, hey, you know, Andy does this kind of work. Yeah. I should have him talk to Andy. So he gave me his name. I called the guy. He lives, you know, about an hour away from here. Right. Um, and, you know, he we signed him up and I helped him finish oh. his deal. And he's very happy and he's sending me more work. And, you know, it's like a real client. It's like, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's exactly the, what you want to see happen. 
It's exactly what you want to see happen, right? You post something, it brings you back top of mind. It may be to someone that you've known for yeah, years. It wasn't like, case, he wasn't like he wrote a post and sent me a DM, right? I mean, right. it was like it was it was back there in the yes in the recesses of his mind. Which is what word of mouth marketing is, right? I mean, it's it's not this random pitching to a stranger, like it's especially with the LinkedIn type platform, it's keeping you top of mind or reminding people about the kind of work that you do. Well, you stole my, well you, I know you were going to ask me that as a follow-up question later. You kind of stole my thunder, but that, that's very much what I think. Do it, do it. Say it. Well, I mean, I think the point is, is that people aren't going to go to your blog every day, yeah, right? Yeah. The people who, who like LinkedIn, if they're already bought into the idea of LinkedIn, they're on it every day. And so it's dynamic, right? I mean, right. your feed changes. It's just, you know, like all these social media apps. It just it's just a constantly changing feed of information. And if you're doing a good job and you can get your material into the feed, I, I say this with a little bit of grain of salt. It almost matter doesn't matter what you say, right? They're seeing you. They're seeing you things. there. You, you know, you're you're present, you're building a even subconscious sure. um familiarity branding of yourself yeah. with yeah. them, right? Yeah. Now, of course, saying something useful is obviously better. But there is this sort of like. But even if it's a photo of your dog, it, it's whatever. Uh, I mean, you know, it's like it's like the spinning wheel on you know the Price is Right. The wheel just keeps turning around. It keeps turning yeah. around, and every so often the hunter comes up. The hunter comes up. <laughs> the hunter comes up. Right. It's just like you. You you're on there. You 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 just keep coming up. Yep. Uh, somebody, a lot of people watch this. Probably even older. It's like uh, like that old Seinfeld joke. He's like, Costanza. He's in the back. Yeah, exactly. Costanza. <laughs> like the commercial. Right. Yeah, yeah, and it is a, a, a brain worm of sort, right? That is the concept of personal branding. I mean, that's, it, it sounds a little unseemly to say it that way, and I know it's, I mean, arguably you should be selling yourself because you're a high-quality, authentic human being, and obviously if, if someone's reading your material, hopefully they're getting that impression, but there certainly is also the value of just being present, right? Because they're not going to go, see your advertisement in the magazine anymore. Right. They're right. not going to go to your blog on your website. There's just too many hours in the day. There's not enough hours in the day to do all that. Right. I mean, I, I, and I, yeah, look, I mean, it, it, you bring up a great point, right? That it, it's, I think, what's different about LinkedIn than, let's say, the other social media, where it can be just pure personal branding and, and lack of substance. And it's just, you're being seen with LinkedIn. There's an expectation of professionalism. There's an expectation of some type of substance where you can, you can't get away with the dog photos every day. Uh, Facebook, you can, right? I mean, if that's all you post, like, you know, that, that's fine. Right. That makes more sense. In fact, um, is dog, little short dog videos on TikTok. Some people would have argued that Twitter could have been that, but it turned into this, you know, it's just a, it's, it's, it's like a avalanche. Sure. Right. It, whereas LinkedIn may not be an avalanche. It maybe it's a fast running stream, but it isn't, it isn't, you know, just coming at you at like. It's not coming at you to, to use the fire hose analogy that you did before that. Yeah. And I think because it's a slower moving stream, you know, as a literal and figurative uh, word that, it become it enables people, especially professionals, to spend a little bit more time, especially in the nooks and crannies, where with with Twitter and even other social media, you almost have to be addicted to it, right? Like you're constantly because if, if you're out of the flow, you're out of context. Right. With LinkedIn, it enables you to dip in every now. Right. So that's good. That's, any other anecdotes like that? Because I don't. Yeah, that's the best anecdote. And I'm that's gonna have phenomenal. had some other, you know, had some other things where people call me. Yeah. But they're, you know, I can't tell for sure if that's right. if they're calling me because they, 
they've seen me more recently and more more frequently on on LinkedIn. Yeah, that's probably the best example. Well, this is good because and look, obviously, as you said, it happened just a couple of days in. Uh, what was it a couple of days or a couple of weeks in? Obviously, probably a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks, right? So that's wonderful positive reinforcement. So that's great. So then it just kind of um, re-edifies, you know, the, the the word and advice of the J's in your life and Mark in your life of kind of, hey, Andy, you should do this. And then you're now able to kind of share a, an anecdote where it actually did pan out. So that's wonderful. We're going to take a quick break uh, where I'm going to show a commercial. But when we come back, I'd love to hear what you really love about LinkedIn and then something that you don't really love about LinkedIn. And then we can kind of find out how we can get a hold of you and do something. Like that. So, sure. Do you want your own podcast like this one? My team will do all the grunt work for you. Just show up, smile, and enjoy talking to your potential clients and referral relationships. Go to videosocial.net slash govip to watch our nine-minute webinar for all the details. Are you a busy lawyer, coach, consultant like me? You should have a podcast done for you to get you more clients, impress your colleagues, and it becomes your perpetual referrals flywheel. We find you the right guests. We schedule your guests, handle all the podcast tech, get you into Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and more done for you. Go to videosocials.net slash govip to watch our nine-minute webinar for all the details. Now back to the show. And back to Andy Roundstein. Uh, to that point, uh, I'll give another plug for our listeners and our viewers. If anyone listening and watching uh, likes the world of podcasts and also likes to get interviewed as a guest expert on podcasts, you know, this podcast is very specific to lawyers who get business from LinkedIn. Uh, but we put together monthly networking events uh, where people get to meet other show hosts, live streamers, podcast hosts, etc. Uh, so you can go over to videosocials.net slash show hosts. The next one is January 27th. Our first one was actually beginning of December where there were over 100 participants. We already have about 70 or so registered for January 27th. So that'll be another fun networking event if you like networking with podcast hosts. And if you happen to be a podcast host yourself, you'll fit right in. Andy, as we conclude, Share with us something that you really love about LinkedIn, and then you can even segue to the opposite of something that really irritates you about LinkedIn. Well, I mean, I think I, I, without, you know, sort of using the crutch of something I've already said, I do like the idea that it is this, it, it is a, essentially, like I called it a fast-moving stream, right? Yeah. There is a constant opportunity to see what people are saying about themselves, about their industry. Um, and there, the, the platform allows for the kind of interaction you want with thankfully minimal amount of the not so pleasant parts of the purely social, which can be the, 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 the not so pleasant parts of, of, of Facebook. Instagram, Facebook etc. So it could be the political, it could be the memes, it could be only, it could be purely family social stuff, like, you know, whatever. You That's right. Want. And people have frankly done a decent job of say, staying on point because I'm not sure that the, you know, that the LinkedIn people can really manage it so much. Yeah, there's only, yeah, it, it's a self-policing platform. Like everyone knows that this is a workplace environment. So. And I'm happy to hear that people yourself. are excited that their kid got into, you know, you know, some program where they right. won the, the ice skating trophy or whatever, right. or they show me a picture of the dog once in a while. Yeah. On balance, it's 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 stayed reasonably pure, and I think that's 
to me, that's valuable. It's to the credit of, of LinkedIn. Obviously, Microsoft bought LinkedIn, but it's also credit to the users, you know, the members like us. Um, and, you know, there's more of everyone on Facebook and any other social media. You know, there are more lawyers on Facebook, but when they're there, they're family people, right? They're, yeah, you know, I got nothing to say on Facebook that I, that, I, that I would say on LinkedIn. I wouldn't say yeah, that. Yeah, and exactly. They're, they're two different person. environments. And, you know, the, the social media is so to use the word competitive, crowded, you know, they're all trying to sort of do the same thing in different ways. So when, you know, Facebook does something or they'll borrow an idea or steal an idea from TikTok or Instagram, Twitter, they're all kind of fighting it out. But you have LinkedIn here in a separate category that, yeah, it's social media, but it's professional, right? So it's meant to be more of a workplace, more of a conference. It's it's more appropriate to have a professional photo and a headshot um, rather than like, let's say on Facebook for you to have your professional glamour shot, uh, looks odd. Uh, but on vice versa, right? It's kind of, you're not going to have yourself, uh, on shorts in a beach on LinkedIn. Like that's not appropriate unless it was like a corporate retreat or something, something where there was a workplace environment. So that's great. Yeah. It's why I do appreciate that when I go on and I log on and I'm not nearly as addicted to LinkedIn as I am on Facebook because of the social media, but it's almost a, it's a relief. Because it's like I'm, you know, I'm in the office, and I can be kind of among work colleagues. That's right. That aspect is it's a separation that I appreciate. What's something that you don't appreciate about LinkedIn that kind of gets on your nerves? I, I wish you were a little less opaque in terms of how to do better, quote unquote. Now that I'm trying to be that person, right? Because I guess you probably have the statistics. I don't really know them for sure, but. You know, eighty percent of the people who are the people who once in a while post a link about something, oh, sure. business or talk, yeah, tell sure. a quick story. Though, hey, we just sold this property, aren't you know? That's great, and I'm, I'm ha that's all great. But once you've made the commitment to try and be a little more present and drive your traffic and use it in the way that I'm that we're talking about, right? Thought leadership, personal branding, yeah, and expertise. The 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 tools and the algorithms for success are a little. It's a real. It's a real uh, black box. Maybe they want it that way. Yeah, I would almost say that it, it's kind of that's their secret sauce. You know, Google has their algorithm. Facebook has their algorithm. They, kind of, they, they don't really even kind of give you out yeah. any like, you know, breadcrumbs. You crumbs, know? Right. Yeah. Which they could do more of because it would encourage those of us. Right. Tell, tell us what tell us what tell it is us what that you want us to do. Oh, right. Right. And if you're going to reward us for that by, you know, increasing our exposure, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, but don't make me figure it out, right? It's so yeah, hard. Yeah, to it's a pretty. It, it's funny that you say that, Andy, because it, it is very opaque. It, it's created this cottage industry of professionals like Mark and Jay. I'm in that world to some extent. So, from it's created this cottage industry that could honestly make our lives on, on the marketing side easier, and then on all, both of our sides of creators of content. Yeah, absolutely makes sense for them to kind of give us at least like some kind of a roadmap, a checklist, or and a sneak peek into the algorithm because it doesn't need to be so secret, as let's say with Google, um, where they don't want people gaming the system. Obviously, right. right. Not, and, and we are all trying to game the system. That's yeah. what we're doing, right? Yeah, I mean, but we would game it with content. It has a negative connotation. The right things. Yeah, I mean, it has a negative connotation to say game the system. Sure, but we're all trying to make ourselves get the most productivity out of it, I guess. Yeah, we want it to be the, as effective as possible. And I'm not asking them to publish the whole algorithm. I'm just saying, look, you know, let's not make this a, let's not make this a, a you know, a dating ritual. All right. If, if there's something you think is going to, you want to see more of, because it's going to help you, 
and you're going to let me, and you're going to help me if I do it. Tell me what it is you want, and I'll help and you. And it is a, a win-win, right? Because right. the more results are very similar to the positive reinforcement you got sort of randomly, the more positive reinforcement we all get, the more we want to spend time on LinkedIn. And, you know, we're, we're not really their customer. I'll give you, let me right? give you a quick product. example. I'll give you an example. Yeah. So they've done this thing in the last year or so with polls, right? Yeah. Polls. Now polls are everywhere. Well, it's not entirely clear. Like, do they like you to do polls? Are you going to get more take up of polls? Or is right. it just a tool that if you want to fool around with it, fool around with it? Yeah. A lot of people hate polls. A lot of people think yeah. people are doing polls just to do polls, right? You know, so yeah. it's, I don't know. I mean, yeah, just give us a little more, give us a little more something about what, why you should do a poll and what polls they want to see. And, you know. Yeah. I, I, and it's funny that you say this. No one's actually ever mentioned this. And this is great. So. You know, when you fill, I don't know if you remember, but when you fill out a profile, when you did it with, we did it with Mark, they give you some type of a score or a kind of yeah, game of life. How, how filled out. That's, that's a yeah. perfect example, right? Right. That's example helpful. of where they've, they've made it fun and interesting and knowing where you are in the process of how complete you are. And there is this um, thing called the social selling score I've seen, but sure, I'm not entirely sure it. what it means. It's just a number. It does, it's, it, I it's a, it yeah. I mean, they break it down, but it means very, very little. Uh, but they could very similarly use both templates to uh, drive our behavior and say, look, if you develop these behaviors or habits or whatever they call it, then this is what our algorithm looks for. So go ahead and, you know, maybe they won't say game system, but go ahead and follow the rules, play the game, you know, do it in a good right. way. And, and similarly, this isn't a, as much, I mean, I guess it's in the same vein. You know, you, there, there's not a lot of value in the, in the information they give you back. You can mm -hmm. subscribe to something like Shield. Yeah. And that's helpful. Well, oh, actually, I don't know Shield. Oh, you should, should. Yeah, Shield is a tool that you pay for that should, allows you to, to sort of see your LinkedIn performance oh. on posts. Um, you should check it out. It's not every day that I learn about a new tool, Andy. I appreciate. Yeah, is it called? Do you know the it's web Shield. All right, well, Shield. If I yeah. type in Shield, LinkedIn, I'm sure I'll get it. find it. And, yeah, and you, you, you can see you can compare periods of time, views, followers, engagement oh, cool. level, stuff like that. Yeah, I like I like well, LinkedIn could do that a million times better and more yeah. if they wanted to, but right. they obviously have chosen that's not something they're interested. Yeah, not yet. Yeah, that's cool. That's great. Because they have way more data that they could they could give you back, and Shield's only able to give you what LinkedIn's given them. Right. Yeah, we're we're API partners. We're automation partners with LinkedIn because part of Video Social is our uh, posting automation. But it posts video, and we we get very minimal information back. So the fact that Shield's even able to access some other information, I'd like to. Take I'm a not look sure they're necessarily any getting anything that you can't get. Yeah, yeah, but but nonetheless, they're so using. They figured out how to mine backwards. They can go backwards cool. and see stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take a look at that. And so you use it, right? It sounds like. Yeah, I've extent. tried it. I'm not sure necessarily I'm going to keep it because I'm not. Fair. I tried it for a while to see. You know how how, much, how you grow. I just I'm not trying to be an advertisement for them here, but like you can tag your own posts. Sure. So then you can filter and say, show me all the posts that posted at 9 a.m. and compare them okay. to the ones that posted at 10 a.m. Yeah. You know, or posts I posted about legal information versus posts I posted about I don't know whatever category you want to put it in. Talk Renewable energy versus venture capital versus right. real estate. You, know, you can tag all your posts with multiple yeah. tags and then filter and look at groups. And of then posts. you can kind of look at the metrics and make the metrics yeah. make more sense. Yeah. Cool. I know. I will take a look at There's that. There's way more data than they than that that the LinkedIn probably has that they're not even giving. Right. They're really not giving give it to Shield, or... but they could be giving it to us, and it could be even a, a part of premium membership. Right. Do, do you pay for LinkedIn, or are you on I the do free? Not. I do not. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm on the paid because it's what I do as a professional. But um, but that that could be a lure. 
that, that's right. That's your business, right? So it's yeah. like, hey, you want the data, you want good behavior, pay us money. So that's great. Andy, how can people get a hold of you and ask you questions? I mean, the best way to find me is on LinkedIn. Find you, know, you can go to my our website if you want to learn a little bit about more, more about the firm at greenherlocker.com. Uh, and that's green with an E, G-R-E-E-N-E-H-U-R-L-O-C-K-E-R. Uh, or just find me on, on LinkedIn. They make most that's sense. the best way. Well, this has been exciting. This has been a lot of fun. You know, very insightful with the different apps that you were mentioning. And, of course, your anecdote. So keep up the good behavior of blogging just about every day on LinkedIn. And I'm sure you'll venture into the world of video. Uh, we'll, we'll see if, what we can do together with that. And this has been great. This has been another episode of LinkedIn for Lawyers. It's true stories of client acquisition told by attorneys like Andy Brownstein. You can catch us just about every Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern, through LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube. You can subscribe there. You can also listen on Stitcher, which I personally listen to, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and, of course, Apple Podcasts. Again, my name is Vikram Rajan, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you.